Hey guys, it's Matt here, and I got a story for you. When I was a kid, I was playing hockey, and oh man, there was this one year, this one team, we could not beat these guys. They were all over us. There were competitive games, though. They were tight, but we just could not beat them. And I remember the last game of the year, it was up against this team, and we were gearing up. We were like, we have to get these guys. When we won that last game, it was so satisfying because we finally got the victory over the team that had dummied us, that had dominated us for so long. I think this is the same thing with sexual brokenness, with sexual sin, where there's been brokenness in our lives and the enemy has come and taken ground and he's dominated us for so long, but we get to make a difference. We get to be part of a message and a a mission of freedom. It is such a cool opportunity. So I want to invite you, men and women of any age, to be part of the Action Squad. The Action Squad is something that we're putting together right now. We're looking for 100 people to be on the Action Squad. There's going to be some competitive nature to it. There's prizes. And we're going to work together to help produce a documentary that is literally going to change the world. We're featuring stories of sexual brokenness, of people who have been restored and redeemed, reconciled to God and to people in their their lives. And we're going to feature these stories in this world-class documentary that will be a resource for churches to host movie nights, for small small groups to watch together, for families to watch and be inspired by. And it's going to highlight the problem in the church, but also show the, the power of God that is at work when we bring this stuff to light. And so if you want to be part of the Action Squad and help us put this documentary together, I would love for you to go to restoredministries.ca slash Action Squad. You can watch a 10-minute video there that I put together on what it can look like for you to join us in this mission and be part of putting this documentary together. So restoredministries.ca slash Action Squad. Hope to see you there. Welcome to the Pure Victory Podcast, full of hot tips to help you win at sex, conquer porn, and find purpose in staying free forever. Here are your hosts, Matt Klein and Braden Hafner. Hey, hey guys. Good to be with you today. Matt and Braden here, and uh, I'm excited for this one. Got a great leader here today. I've really come to love this guy, and we've we met uh, we met in the summer, just virtually, I guess. In in COVID times, we don't really <laughs> yeah. we don't really make friends in person anymore. All <laughs> nope. of our friends are all over the other world, right? So, yeah, yeah. Um, but in our 14 day challenge that I know some of you listeners were part of in the summer on Facebook, that's how I got to know Dalton and. Dalton has grown so much. Dalton, it's been incredible watching his growth. And he's part of our Pure Freedom journey now. He does really a great job in terms of leadership in our group, impacting other people with his life story, just facilitating other guys going through our, our resources, but also in developing leaders himself in our, in our group. And it's just so, so cool to see the multiplied impact when, when God works in a life and sets a guy free from, from pornography, from whatever sin it is, and then goes, okay, now I want you to impact other people. And Dalton has responded to that call. So Dalton's out in, in London, Ontario. It, it's just so, it's so funny in this world where you don't you, all of your friends you just see digitally for the most part <laughs> yeah, and right. so Dalton and I we, we have become friends but um, one day we'll meet in, <laughs> we'll meet in person um, but he's in London Ontario we're out uh, in Edmonton Alberta here in Canada but Dalton's got a few kids he's got three kids teenagers early young adults yeah. and married for 24 years and here to talk about what it is for a for a man a, a believer married with same-sex attraction and and just we know that that's a, a more common thing than people realize for yeah. for guys to struggle with the guys and girls to struggle with same-sex attraction because there's there's a certain element of shame with pornography but then there's an added element of shame when it's same-sex pornography or there's same-sex attraction 
And so a lot of times, even guys who, who they'll, they'll want help and they are still hesitant to come into our programs or different programs with different ministries because they're like, you know what, there's porn, people can relate to that, but nobody can relate to same-sex attraction. Right. And you think you're the only guy, but but Dalton has found that he's not the only guy and there's actually quite a few other mm -hmm. um, guys out there. And so we're excited to have this conversation today, Dalton. Thanks for being with us. Thank you. Nice to be here. Yeah, so Dalton, uh, again, uh, as we break this down and talk this uh, about this, I think this is so important. And we just want to kind of get a little bit of your story with this and kind of share of, you know, when you start to notice you had kind of same-sex attraction, um, what what age and, and how you manage that, dealing with that and kind of the process you went through. I mean, there's, Matt mentioned there's the shame when we struggle with porn, but again, another layer here when we're dealing with, with same-sex attraction or anything else like that. Just break it down, Dalton, of kind of what this looked like for you. Well, it's interesting. Um, I, as a, even as a boy, I have a brother who's a year younger than me, and it's, it's interesting. We didn't do a lot of experimenting, but even as, as boys, he's like six and eight years old, and um, we would we would just kind of explore each other, and, and that was probably my first, very first experiences. But then I was twelve when when I became sexually aware of the the other side of the world. I don't think I even knew at the time that I that I was excited by um, men's bodies, but I, I do, I, I literally remember the first person that I thought was attractive and, and got sensations that I, I hadn't had before. So, but, but then life would progress and I had, I had come to Christ about the same time, that age, around 12. I had a keen interest in the Bible and reading it and was really growing to know what God's purpose in my life was. And, and I had this huge desire to be married, to have a family, to have kids. I wanted to be married to a wife. And so that was kind of my goal. And I, I remember being this, like, my dad married at 27. It's like, I'm not married until I'm 27. And um, I did marry a bit later. When I got married, it's like, I thought, not, I didn't think everything would go away, but I did think I would have maybe be a more calm person or more centered. And I was quite surprised to find out that all the issues I had struggled with as a kid growing up, they disappeared in my 20s when I was single and, and had friends. And then when I got married, it's like life suddenly went back to being um, in a family and being married didn't just suddenly make everything good. But, but I, I continued struggling with, with same-sex thoughts and, and eventually, I, I found through the internet, pornography. I'd seen two, two magazines in my young adult years. I hadn't gone looking for them, didn't want them, because I wanted to be a heterosexual man, even though in my head I had same-sex attraction. It became harder as the years went on, but for a while it was just kind of my norm. It's like, that's the way it is. That's what it's going to be. And for a long time, I thought it would always be that way. And... I found out in the last 10 months, it doesn't have to be that way. So, yeah. So before these last 10 months where you've, you've learned so much about yourself and about God, what was that conflict? Like, like, did it affect your self image? Did it affect your, your relationship with your wife? What was that conflict of like, I have these feelings and I get excited by men's bodies, but I don't want that. I want to be a heterosexual man. Well, the conflict in me was I was never going to say the words. I was never going to talk about it. Mm. Um, but with the digital world, you get found out sooner or later. Somebody spots it, and of course, 
my wife spotted it first on a computer and then when cell phones got popular on on my cell phone and so she would confront me and I would actually say absolutely nothing I never broached the words in my life about pornography I was not going to talk about it I was just going to will it into silence so she would talk about it try to confront me she was initially very emotionally upset but as the years went on she just became somewhat resigned to it but that didn't mean it went away it just meant there was bitterness and and eventually I actually suffered from from a long depression from it I thought I thought that was permanent I thought it was never going to change and then one day I was listening to my local Christian radio station and and heard somebody talking about getting out of pornography and I thought I'd never heard anybody talk about it before so it was even in 2020 it was a it was an entirely new idea to me and when when your wife found it what was she I mean obviously there'd be both elements to of what she found that was probably upsetting there was a porn but then the the type of porn how did she handle it like what was that like in your marriage realizing that you've got the same sex attraction in a heterosexual marriage well, she said things that's like I just don't I don't even know how to compete with that hmm. it's like what am I supposed to do with that and of course that didn't make me feel great but the same at the same time it's just it was easy to be in denial it's just like okay well I'm stuck with it I don't I don't know how to deal with it so I'm not going to talk to you about it I know towards the end, about a year ago, even two years ago, she started talking about, it's like, well, bought a new um, trailer, got a nice pickup, I'm going to pull it behind the truck through the States and see the world with my girlfriends. I wasn't included in the picture. Mm-hmm. So I was, I was living on the dangerous edge. And I don't know if I hadn't resolved it back then. I don't know what life would look like now. I know what life looks like now. It's amazing having connections with my wife and my kids and my church and men online about redeeming our lives. But I don't know what it would look like if I hadn't joined the group. I don't. Right. It'd still be a lot of sadness and probably more bitterness. And probably time would have eventually came to the conclusion that it's like, really, I don't see the point of being together. She did say, she so she told me last summer after I started the journey, if our kids ever see it on the phone, that's it, you're gone. I don't care what you do. I don't care about your finances. You will have nothing. So it was in her head, and now that's switched. Mm. It's not there now. That's amazing, and we hear these little it's profound, yeah, yeah, these these miracles, right, that happen, and the journey you mentioned, the journey, and what was kind of the beginning for you there? You know, like, Hey, I need to do something first to deal with porn, but to navigate that I do have these same sex attractions. I can't just deny that or, you know, try to push it down. What was the, what was the journey for you in the start and the beginning of healing and moving towards kind of more, more freedom in your life? The beginning for me was, it was as simple as it was, it was listening to a radio program. I heard the same program, twice in two months for the exact same taping Mm. four weeks later and then the second time I thought okay talking about a book so I ordered the book and read it and I thought when I get to the end of it I'm going to call up somebody and talk to them Um, because there seems to be hope and I felt pretty hopeless and I was tired of being resigned to it not ever, ever changing so then I remember the first 
the first time I joined the group, I actually said to the leader, I don't think I can even say it. I don't, I don't think anybody else in the group is ever going to be able to relate to me. And the leader said, no, it's not that, it's not that strange. Other guys will relate to you. Other guys have struggled with it. Don't know that anybody else in the group will have it, but you will do fine. So then I did my first group and it's like, if, if I'd had boots on, I probably would have shaken them off. But <laughs> uh, it was just, it was just like, I felt the world was going to crash in on me. Cause at that point I had told my wife, cause I actually had to pay for the group on my, on our joint MasterCard, And she was excited about me going into it. And that first night was like, I, I, I shared, um, and it was interesting. It was a group of seven men and two leaders. And initially I was the only one in the group who had the same sex attraction. And then halfway through 30 weeks of meeting together, um, one of the other guys finally shared that that was the same, the same issue that he had. Uh, he just, he, he, he had no intention that he, he couldn't for a long time, even though I was sharing, address the fact that that was his thoughts. And he struggled with even saying it, even for 15 weeks of listening to me talking about it. So I know how hard it is to talk about it. I know I literally thought the world would crash in around me or I thought I would lose my life or my marriage or my, my reputation or I, I thought I'd be homeless. I know where the homeless shelter is. I can survive there, but that's not very fun. That was, that was kind of how it started. So then when you opened up, you thought that the world would come crashing down around you, but what actually happened? I got a lot of affirmation really quickly. The interesting thing is, is the groups that I have been in are Christian brothers who really love God. They're all in different places in their journey. Some are, some are heavily into um, devotions and others are just kind of like heavily committed to God, but not, not necessarily reading and praying every day. But every one of them desired to be God's son and to please God. And every one of them wanted to be close to God and nobody had a struggle with the fact that I was there. Nobody, nobody said Dalton shouldn't be doing this group. And as you're journeying with these men and, and you're at that point, what did the process look like for you? I mean, we've talked a little bit about kind of the journey of, of moving towards sobriety and healing and all these other areas. So for you, adding this other layer of same-sex attraction, what did that look like for you, uh, you know, moving from joining this group and, and starting to receive some of the, this love that God has for you and then seeing some movement in your life? What, did, what, what was the process for you? Well, I think the process was, I mean, I literally read the book of Romans because I'd always struggled with some of the ideas in there. And I actually opened it up and read through it. And I was quite shocked to realize that it uses the word homosexuality. And it was in there with like seven other things. Mm. And of course, when I read it in the past, all I ever heard was the word homosexuality. And I didn't think about like all these other things. Some of them are sex sins, some of them are not. Some mm. of them are anger and, or gluttony. Yeah. And they were all sins that God dislikes. And it says at the end of them, and some of and some of you experienced these these sins, and you are redeemed. And I had struggled all my life to think, am I really redeemed? Am I really good enough for God? And the reality is that 
even as the prodigal son, came to his senses. After going off for months on end, spending half of his, his father's wealth on prostitution, thinking, I'm eating, I'm desiring food from the pig's trough. I could go home and my father would accept me. To have that understanding that God loved me that much, that I am that important to him. And there isn't sin that God says, you found my limit. You're not on, you're not on the books. Right. It only takes, it only takes a recognition that I am one of many who's turned from God and that he will always receive me. And he knows I'm going to fail along the route to get there, but that he's, he's going to participate in my life and, and take my hand through the journey, whether it's a long, difficult journey or if I choose to submit and, and grow with him, he's going to be there either way. Yeah, I'm glad you brought that up because talking about the different sins listed in the Bible and that there's no sin that's too far mm-hmm. for God, too big, too much for him to handle. And and it's like we say, like there's different levels of shame. I mean, even like you go for, you're talking about gluttony, right? Like people have more shame about pornography than they do about gluttony. Yeah, yeah. Um, and so there's different levels of shame, but to the Lord, it's like, man, it's all sin. And so he, he values us and cherishes us and loves us just the same. And so... Often there's like, there's different experiences that we go through. I know you talked about when you were young and you'd experiment with it with your brother and different things, but there's different experiences that people have that they don't often um, dwell on or, or maybe realize the mark that it's had on them. And a lot of times when there's been people that have come into our program with, with same sex attraction, there has been an early experience. There's been a, you know, like you're saying, like when you're experimenting or you're, or somebody's 11 years old and they see something that same sex and, and it gets them excited and they're like, Oh, maybe this is something I struggle with. But as you've gone in your journey here the last 10 months, Dalton, I know that you've had a lot of revelation and the Holy spirit bringing different things to your mind. What are some of the the revelations that you've had that you didn't realize about these moments that had an impact on you? Well, I think the hugest one was that I had spent my Christian life for decades living in God's love the father and and i really valued my relationship with jesus as a brother and i could really relate to those because you can see a father and and we can imagine jesus walking around as a man right but the hugest revelation to me was was um it was back in the summer and and i realized i actually didn't really like the holy spirit Mm. and one morning i woke up at three in the morning and and the Holy Spirit said to me, Dalton, you've hated me, and you do not want to do what I say. You do not even want to listen to me. And I thought, wow, I don't really think I just thought that up in my head. Mm. And two days later, and, and I'm pretty sure it's Proverbs 8, verse 36, but it says, and it's the Holy Spirit talking, saying, those who hate me hate their own life. And it's like, I guess I, I, guess I did hear the Holy Spirit say that two days ago because mm. it's here right in scripture mm. two days later I'm opening the Bible up and seeing it in front of me <laughs> wow. and, and realizing God's talking to me even in the middle of the night and God talks to me even when I even though he talked to me for decades but I, I just thought it was my thoughts in my head and I've come to the conclusion that 
God speaks to me constantly, especially likes to speak to me. It's three in the morning. Mm, yeah. That's when it's dark. And I open my eyes and there's nothing to see you distract my eyes. <laughs> it's like God starts speaking to me about different things. And I'm just floored that if I actually open up God's word on a regular basis, God's word will renew my mind. I'll have some time in the morning. I spend time praying. Then I go to bed at night. I wake up in the middle of the night. Not always 3 a.m. Sometimes it's 4. For 30 to 60 minutes, I'll just lay there. And it's like just awesome thoughts come to my mind about what I'm learning or figuring out about sexuality or family life or all kinds of things. So if people want to take the time to spend time with God, God is already there spending it with you. It's just my favorite way to describe it is is we have 100% of the Holy Spirit. Uh, but we think we only have 80% or 20% or 5%. And, and the way I've come to understand it is, is it's more like you're getting fed through this hose and it's supposed to come through at 100%, but you tied a knot <laughs> in it or you've stepped on it and put a kink in it. Right. And it's like, okay, you are actually allowing only so much of, of Holy Spirit to enter through your mind and your body. Holy Spirit's willing to give you 100%. Yeah. But uh, you're receiving either little or, or almost none, some days a little bit more than others, but Holy Spirit is always prepared to give you 100%. Mm. It's just openness to his, his word, openness to his thoughts. And I think the most important thing is just um, being connected with brothers or, or sisters. Guys need to connect with guys. I think girls need, women need to connect with women as sisters in order to really know and about God and grow in relationship with each other and grow in relationship with God. So mm. that's been my huge revelation. It's just, if we think we're going to grow on our own, we're not, we're not meant to be islands. Yeah. We're yeah. meant to be communities. Yeah. It's really well said Dalton. And it's so wonderful for us to hear a firsthand experience that you have uh, had and are going through because it's real. It, it's something that you can you can actually share and, and talk about in such a powerful way because you're going through it and you're receiving from God. And what a wonderful thing that is to be able to receive from God that love that he has for us. I know for some that maybe you're listening, sometimes we have this hierarchy, right, of particular sin in our life that we think either disqualifies us or makes us unacceptable to God, which is lies, right? Such lies. But often we do that, right? We think that when we're going through something like say someone who's struggling with same-sex attraction, that somehow that's worse. And that list that you gave there in Romans is perfect because we can all put our hands up to that, right? We're all there on an equal footing. But just explain to me, describe to me how God changed maybe some thinking or thoughts that you had maybe about the shame you felt or guilt or whatever else, and just what it's like to just receive from him and what that actually means. What did, what did he show you through the, through the process of him just fully accepting you and embracing you and receiving you? Well, I have come to realize that God is a God of opportunities. Mm. God can take anything that has happened in our life or is going to happen, and, and God has the Midas touch. He made, he made the elements. He can turn them into whatever he wants. And he does that even if yesterday I struggled with something that was a temptation. And in the past, it would have been easy to have thought I was an awful, wicked person 
for being tempted or just seeing something. And it would be even worse if I was tempted and actually dwelt on it and, and fell into pornography and, and or masturbation or any other sin, putting too much money on my MasterCard. But I can now look at those things and I can think, well, yesterday was a, it's now a golden opportunity. It's something that has given me new power and new energy because a yesterday I, I looked at it and didn't fall into sin and can walk away with my head held high or yesterday I, I didn't do so great, but it's like today I look back and think that was a good lesson. I did not enjoy it. I don't think I wish to repeat it. I'm going to try to try to have a better day today. And actually the other thing that I've learned is that I struggle with the nature of wanting to sin, and I struggle with the nature of not wanting to sin. And I've come to the conclusion now in my life, the power to not sin is actually stronger than the power to sin. When I was talking to my wife the other day, I was talking about an image that I had seen, and it was in front of her. And I was really distraught about seeing the image and not being able to control my thoughts. And then a day later, after I was able to talk to her about it, and although it initially upset her, made her stressed, I was then later on able to say, the image attracted me. But the idea of honoring you in my marriage was, was more intense. And yes, I was tempted to sin, but the reality is I didn't want to sin. The power to resist was stronger than the power to fall into sin. Now I feel the Holy Spirit was able to tell me, Dalton, you can withstand temptation. You will be able to walk through it and be a better husband. Even though you've seen it, you have made the choice. I am going to honor you as a wife. Cool. I love it. One of the things that was coming to my mind was about how to reconcile that this might be something that never gets taken, right? Like maybe you'll live your whole life and you'll have the same sex attraction and Lots of people have that story where they go, but I can still live for Christ. I can still be devoted to him and surrender to him and, and not act on it. Right. And so I think that that's part of what you're, what you're just touching on. I love it that you said that. So yeah, it's very, it's very true. That is true. And I've thought about, and, and I used to think Paul was kind of an exception that he had a thorn, but I think, I think we all have our thorns and yeah. the thorn is the reality of, of our, our brain has history and it renews and it's less and less but I don't think it ever 100% disappears. And even my wife was saying today, it's like, well, if it suddenly disappeared, what would you do? And it's like, then you'd be proud. <laughs> yep. And then you'd be stuck repeating. So the thorn is something to to keep us humble and yep. to move us forward. Yep. Totally. Yeah, and having that dependency on, on God, because I think that is such a profound thing when we realize we are fully dependent on him and these weaknesses that we have just show us in relation to who we are to him. The fact that he is fully sufficient. He has the power, he has the strength, even though we don't. <laughs> so I think that these thorns you're talking about, right? They, they remind us the, the dependency that we have, that we are weak, but in God, we are strong. Yeah. I'm just, I'm just itching to say that you know, there's so many different ways people have experienced the same sex attraction mm -hmm. and and I don't know any statistical numbers but I've heard like 50% of people do 
and and it can be it's like I had mentioned when I was a when I was a kid. Maybe you've done it with a sibling or a buddy, or or maybe you've seen somebody naked, and it's like I didn't expect that to excite me. Right. Or there are people that are heterosexually married and and happy with it, but they still have the thought in their head, and they don't know how to deal with just a particular thought, even though they've never had any desire to do it. Uh, it could be as simple as, as somebody kissed you, and it's like I didn't even ask to be kissed, but it's like. But that was exciting. Yeah. Why did my body do that? So there's there's just so many ways. I mean, some some people even struggle with, and they've never done anything about it, um, attraction to underage kids, but they've never done anything about it, and and they just live in knots that that's in their life, and they feel like they're criminals and they should be locked up because they've had an evil thought in their life. There's so many ways. I've heard of guys who have gone to prostitutes and like they kind of got tired of it after a while so that well maybe what i'll try is next same-sex prostitution it's like okay didn't really do it for me but it's like i thought i've done everything else i'm bored what's next so there's just so many ways i think i think probably half the guys or half the people in any conversation you've had will have some point to relate so even if even if you think you're the only person in the group it's just it's just a lie and the the idea of same sex is a feeling in your head. It's not a fact. And we have all kinds of negative feelings. We know anger is not a good feeling. We have to train ourselves to deal with our anger so that we don't spill it out all over the place. And same sex attraction is, is right in that same category to me. It's a feeling inside your head that came from somewhere. And you may or may not know where it came from, but it's something you can work on and deal with. And you can train your mind and your body, just like a heterosexual man has to train his body and mind not to wander around looking at every other pretty woman or pretty girl. Yeah. Because he's married doesn't mean he gets the privilege of, of, of looking at everybody else thinking, the world says it's fine, I can do it. That's not God's. That's not God's line on it. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. It's really good stuff, Dalton. It's really good what you're saying. I love the the insights, and also just to get inside the brain of somebody who's been who's had same sex attraction, but you've never labeled yourself as being gay. You've never labeled yourself homosexual. You've, I mean, you're in a heterosexual marriage, and I think sometimes the danger is that we have one thought and we go, "Oh, I'm gay," right? And somebody is at nine years old. They had this this exciting moment where. They were, you know, it could be like exciting even, I wasn't going to say this, but it, it has happened where somebody's sexually abused and by somebody of the same sex. And then they're like, well, why did I get an erection and have an ejaculate when I didn't even, when I didn't even want that, when it was someone of the same sex, I must be gay, right? And some people then they have this experience or even when they've just seen someone naked of the same sex and they feel some adrenaline going they're like well maybe i'm gay and they label themselves that but i love that you've never put that label on yourself you go this is an issue that i have to deal with the lord has helped you deal with it but you've never been like but this this means that this is just who i am and often i think when we label ourselves there's there's danger to that because it's harder to get out of a lifestyle or to not get into that lifestyle of deeper sin Um, but dalton just to kind of wrap up what would you say to somebody who is out there who's listening maybe they were there where you were a year ago and they've never opened up about same-sex attraction they're really struggling with it what would you say to that person 
Well, it's, it's a pretty big word, but I mean, we're all human beings and God made us erotic. We, we were designed to have sexual excitement in well, our that's bodies. That's true. Yep. And, and, and sometimes it happens the wrong way. And if it does, and you've come to that knowledge that, that the thoughts are not the right thoughts, then it's something you can talk about and deal with. And you need to talk about it with a brother if you're a guy or the sister if you're a girl. And there are groups to do that. So I would say find a group. You need to find somebody where you feel safe and secure, um, that you won't be judged. And there's lots of groups out there nowadays if you don't have somebody in your immediate contacts that you know of. Mm -hmm. And talking about groups, could you just tell us, Dalton, what the peer freedom journey, what that has meant for you when we discuss like groups? Well, I've been in a couple of groups and, and I decided it was time for me to try to, to lead a group. And I've, I found in both experiences, when you're, when you're a group member, you, you just feel safe and cared for and valued and respected. But then I've moved on to be, being a leader in a group and I feel challenged and blessed to, to share the lives of, of other guys and see them get excited about, about being alive and God's word and just having new relationships that are opening up instead of feeling like everything's closing in on you. So if you want to, if you want to experience some, some new life, try, try getting involved in a group. Awesome. Yeah. And you've done a great job, Dalton. It's been so cool seeing you grow and learn and just learn about yourself and have the Holy Spirit guide you in those those 3 a.m. chats or 4, 4.32 a.m. chats or whatever they are. Um, but you've been, you've had a, you've done a great job in leading. And I know it was a big step for you to lead your first group. And, and uh, I was able to lead you in your first group. And I just was able to identify um, that you had that quality in you. And, and it's just, it speaks to that we don't know the fullness of what God has put inside of us when we're, we're when we're stuck with secrets and shame. But and you're doing something for the first time in terms of leading and impacting people, and you've stepped out, and it was scary, and it was maybe a risk for you, but you've done a great job. And so, we want to encourage you guys if you're listening, man, get involved in a group. If it's Pure Freedom Journey with us with Restored Ministries, if it's a different group, get involved with a group. Don't let shame stop you. There's too many people going, I can't get involved in a group because of this. I can't share my whole story because of what people will think of me. Dalton's an example of stepping out, acting through the fear, not letting fear stop you and and getting free. And we didn't even touch on that, but you've been free of pornography for a while too. And that's a prerequisite for me for somebody to lead a group. And and But not only that, is somebody that, to, that's getting close to the Lord and that's something that you've been doing. And so it's been so cool to see your impact and your growth. And thanks for coming on here and sharing your story. It's something that not a lot of people would want to talk about, but I know that you're uh, you're just about breaking the shame and, and you're a leader in this area. So thanks, for, so thanks so much, Dalton, for everything you're doing. Thanks for the time to talk about it. It was really nice to encourage people that you can don't have to live in that just desperation. Mm-hmm. That's absolutely right, Dalton. So thank you again, and we'll see you guys next week. Thanks for listening. If you would like to hear more, please visit purevictorypodcast.com to subscribe. This podcast was made possible by the generous donations of our subscribers. If you would like to help support the cause financially, once again, please visit purevictorypodcast.com.